It's time for Enlightenment in the City with El Hoshotara on the News for the Soul Network. El is a spiritual coach and intuitive reader with a unique flair. Strong yet soft, compassionate with a heart, she lives the consciousness of being feminine with strength. El tells it like it is. Welcome El Hoshotara back to News for the Soul. Hi, everybody. Welcome to News for the Soul. I'm your host for this hour, El Maya Hoshiam Tara. Um, so let's, um, you can call in. We actually do have open lines today. So you can go to our website. That's newsforthesoul.com, which is the easiest and fastest way to be able to find us. Um, and also you can just call in. That is, let's see here, one six four six five nine five four two seven four. Uh, sorry, again, 646-595-4274. Again, you can call us. You can find the number on our website. You can also email in your questions to onthearattelus.net. Again, that's onthearattelus.net. Um, but the phone calls do take priority just to let you know and give you a heads up. And I do readings, um, some coaching, those sorts of things. So let's talk about... Um, and I usually deal with codependency, places people are stuck, those sorts of things. Um, medical stuff. Um, unfortunately, our Dr. Hall, I don't think, has been on for quite a while. Um, but for like, we have Jane on um, Mondays. I think she's 2 p.m. PST. If you have your, you know, uh, getting infected by energies, um, possession, curses, all those sorts of things. Um, and she'd be the one to talk to about that because I've had a little bit of confusion what I do. So I deal mostly with like life coaching, codependency issues, those sorts of things. Um, you know, how to get out of it, the love and stuff like that, how to get ahead, um, you know, while being stuck, uh, those aspects of life. And as such, we're going to have a little conversation today about what happens when we're doing all this love and light stuff. We're getting a lot of growth. Um, but sometimes we're getting stuck and we're, we're trying to deal with people that um, we're really having a problem with. So they're not respecting boundaries. Um, you know, so say, you know, you work at an office, you have some headphones, you need them for the meeting, and a coworker comes by and, and takes your headphones. Now, if you've been around the self-development stuff enough, um, and you've done coaching, you've, you know, maybe taken some programs, you learn that a lot of this stuff that why things go wrong can be self-defense mechanisms, okay? Um, it's not just self, self-defense mechanisms. It is, that, it is behavioral patterns that we've learned. Um, and there's a lot of choice about, you know, how much somebody chooses to do it. Yes, trauma also comes into play. Um, but when we're doing the processing, we usually find that like there's a self-defense mechanism behind it, right? For a lot of the things um, while we're processing it, but it doesn't mean that in the moment people aren't, you know, doing things just because it feels good to do. And that includes very dark things. Um, People want to um, emote anger. So yes, while they may have a lot of anger, they may feel like things have been unmet. They may want um, significance in some ways, sometimes people are just addicted to doing very bad behaviors because that's how they know how to feel alive. That's how they know how to get the charge. Um, 
you know, or there's significance, but they're going about it the wrong way. And these actions, even though when we're doing the coaching, we can understand that, you know, the reason behind why the certain behaviors are happening, it doesn't mean that you're not allowed to put a stop to them, even if you understand the reasoning behind them. So if we get back to the headphones, you know, you're working in an office environment, somebody takes off with your headphones, um, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, they're just, they were a little bit disorganized. Okay. You know, they've been under a lot of stress. Okay. But when, so we can understand like why somebody have, have done certain things or why they may have the temptation. So personally, I'm not going to steal somebody else's headphones and, you know, for, for an office worker, I'm not going to be like, I'm going to steal your headphones um, and take off with them. I'm just, I wouldn't do that. Um I can understand why some people may have the temptation um, to help themselves just because they choose to do so. Um, and, and so those things, like, they do happen. Um, but when we get to the point where, say, your headphones have um, disappeared, you know, three times, okay, you know, we can understand somebody's feeling a little bit lazy. We can understand, you know, somebody doesn't feel like running out to the store, but there's, there's like, somebody doesn't feel like running out to the store, but running out to the, even if you don't feel like doing that, there's a huge difference between going up to somebody and saying, hey, Chad, can I borrow your headphones versus, you know, stealing, stealing Betty's, right? There's a huge difference between just stealing um, versus, you know, hey, I'm disorganized, can I borrow it? Or I forgot them at home, which is a form of disorganization. Um, you know, I forgot them. Can I borrow them? And as we go down more into codependency and some of these things that people are, are backing up um, that you should understand about, like, you know, it's the third time somebody's stolen your headphones. You know, you'll get all these sorts of things like, well, it's just your ego that you have a problem with it. Um, you know, you're offended because somebody's, you know, taking your stuff or whatever else and it's like you're offended but that doesn't necessarily make sense because it is a form of invasion because it is invasive because somebody's taking some of your stuff like your stuff is your property so that's like part of your it's what it's under your umbrella it's your it's part of your wholeness in a way not because you're unwhole without it um but because these are things are under your umbrella of wholeness which is self-responsibility so part of your self-responsibility is making sure that you're organized for your meeting part of the way that you be organized for your meetings are making sure that you have the proper equipment in in cases where that's going to be needed or a pen um, and paper whatever it is you're organized for the meeting with the things that you need to go into the meeting with so your personal responsibility is part of that now some people say well you know you just don't like it it's just hurting your feelings it's just your ego um but if somebody's consistently taking off with your stuff, that's a lot more than just your ego. Um, and sometimes, you know, it can be ego, like, I'm so important. How dare they take off with my headphones? I mean, that would be ego and pretty gross ego. Um, <clears throat> but we're not, we're not talking about, like, that sort of egoic thing uh, for, for, the, for what I'm talking about here. The stuff that we're talking about here is it does, it is invasive for people to take off with your stuff. And when you're dealing with people who are consistently doing it and you've told them nicely, like, hey, you know what, 
I really need those headphones for my meeting. You know, please stop taking off with that. They're earbuds and they go in your, that's pretty gross. And personally, I don't want them back from somebody who's, you know, stuck them in their ears. I mean, that's just gross. Um, yes, you can wash them, but they're still a little bit earwax and they're like, Bleh. just really not my thing. Um, and people have different levels of hygiene of what's acceptable. So for some people, you know, yeah, we're a complete and total stranger. They've been in your ears. Oh, I'll stick them in my ears. No problem. Everybody's got their different levels of what's acceptable for hygiene um, and sharing. <laughs> um, you know, and that's fine if you have two people who, who agree to it. You know, sometimes family members share earbuds and they don't have a problem with it. You know, again, <clears throat> up to the individual. Um, but usually we start to go like, ew, gross, when it starts to become um, somebody that we hardly know. Um, but getting back to it, um, you know, when you've had somebody who's repeatedly, you know, taking your stuff and it's and it's messing you over, we start to deal with a whole new level. Like, this is not just, oh, look, they're being lazy. It's that you've told them, you've told them again. You've asked them to leave your stuff alone, you know, and so by three times, I mean, that's a lot of repeating. You still have somebody that hasn't gotten it, doesn't want to get it, um, <clears throat> enjoys pissing you off, enjoys getting at you, or you can start to feel that there's something wrong in the way that they're just not getting it. And is there something wrong in the just the way that they're not getting it? Yeah, there is. And that's a really important to understand. Now, I understand, you know, we're dealing with trauma and we're dealing with codependency, you do get people who are just like, every time something goes wrong that they don't like, it's like, yes, there's something horribly wrong with that person. And it's like, uh, well, there's something going horribly wrong with somebody. <laughs> um, but it, it's not necessarily the one who's, you know, made a mistake. Um, uh, and so I understand, like, that aspect does exist where, you know, every time somebody doesn't like something, they're like, they're crazy. Um <laughs> because they've done something that the person doesn't like. So the, you know, the person with a lot of codependency, a lot of trauma is like, that person's crazy. Um, you know, they took my pen. It's like, um, you mean the pen that was just on the counter, you know, randomly. And, you know, there's lots of pens in the supply room. You could just go grab a new one. You know, maybe they thought it was their pen or maybe they were just cleaning up and putting it away because you left your pen in there. And they're like, no, they're crazy. You know, and these sorts of like exaggerations of, you know, calling people things that they're not um, based on things that are pretty baseless. <clears throat> Again, that would be more examples of extreme codependency, trauma, those sorts of things. Um, <clears throat> but when you're dealing with somebody where, you know, you've made a respectful request several times in a row, um, even if it's space months apart because they keep doing this very invasive behavior, you can tell that they're just not getting it. Like you can see it's almost like there's a sort of like blankness or this sort of emptiness there where they're just not getting it. Um, this is a whole new level where things are, have, like, you know, started to go wrong. And, again, it is important to remember, like, these things can be, you know, from trauma, from people who have been beaten down too much from life. But it can also be, you know, possibly from medical traumas. And this, I know it sounds kind of funny. I'm, and I'm saying possibly because, um, not because it is that way, but I have to say possibly, um, <clears throat> um, just because, you know, some of the information out there is missing. But I know that medical traumas can cause huge amounts. And, of, you know, issues. And this can be, you know, I mean, somebody's been stuck in the womb as a child. Um, you can get some really interesting um, issues where they're not bonding properly with the parent, you know, even, even when they're a small child, um, from having been stuck in the womb. So these, like, things that, you know, are, are you know, momentary or, you know, last a couple of hours can really have, you know, very affecting 
effects later on in life. So there's different reasons why these things can happen. Um, <clears throat> but you have a right to put to, to say no to them. Um, because again, sometimes people do do these things on purpose. Um, <clears throat> sometimes people are passive aggressive. It's a way of lashing out, way of screwing you over. And bottom line is you, you do have a right for whatever reason it is, whether it's, you know, purposeful or something just happened along the way and they're not able to function. You do have a right to say no and to guard your property. And you have a right to be able to do that without other people going, oh, my God, you should just understand because it's not just a lack of understanding because there's still a side effect that comes with it. Well, what are the side effects? Well, you know, and people, you know, what are the side effects that come with that? So it's you're late for a meeting. You're not ready because you're missing some of the equipment and you're going into a meeting and people are like, well, you're disorganized. And so people can really, especially when you get people with a little bit of self-development under their belts, they can really go in for the kill because you're not organized. So you're missing the headphones that you needed. Well, you're organized. It's like, you know, so-and-so red keeps taking off with, with my headphones. Well, you should know better. And it's like, well, how am I supposed to know that red took off with my headphones that day? And if you've ever had experience with somebody with those problems, you can do everything from like buy them a headset um, yourself out of your own pocket money just because you're a kind and loving person and you want them to stop taking yours. And the next day they'll still go back and take your headphones, which is like the darndest thing. You can keep an extra pair in and say like, look, I'm willing to loan it to you, but you need to give it back to me. And they don't bring them back at the end of the day. So you can really end up in these cycles where you're trying to help somebody out. You're accommodating them. You bought them a new pair of headset they've disappeared for the end of the day they've lost the headset um that you bought for them the extra spare set that you've kept in your desk for them and they'll just take off with them and they'll still go back to stealing um your headphones the next day so these things you know when we get to this level this is not like something to be understanding about and it's not that you know you don't understand um you do understand but it's it's kind of hard to explain you do understand but you understand that more actions are needed than just understanding. So you're going to have to put a boundary down. And are those things to talk to about, you know, to, to human resources? Yes. Why? Well, number one, if you're constantly getting in trouble um, because your headphones keep getting stolen, if you're being asked to reimburse them, um, if other people, you know, and you'll get this, like, with, and there's a lot of codependency. It's like, you know, I've talked to human resources and Red keeps stealing my headphones. Um <clears throat> And you can show up in a meeting and be like, I tried, I've tried repeatedly, you know. Um, you, you can get to the point where you're having to, like, literally, you know, have an extra set of headphones, you know, zipped up in your purse or whatever just to have to go through all this stress to sort of, like, guard yourself against red stealing them. And if you, you know, forget and you leave them out, you know, they're gone, right? So if you forget, you leave them on your desk, which is your, your like, sort of private workspace, and Red will come along and take them, and they're gone. Um, with codependency and the quote-unquote understanding, it's almost like you have to keep being on guard, and there's this expectation when there's a lot of codependency that you should keep being on guard. Like, you should, you know, just keep them in your purse or whatever to make sure that Red is um, <clears throat> not stealing them. But when you get to this level of dysfunction, like, should you have to live your life for, you know, having to consistently dodge or um, bend over so backwards in order to keep your personal, um, your personal um, effects, you know, safe so that you know where they are. No, 
um, you know, and you'll get codependency where they'll be like, well, there's no should. Um, when you're having to bend over that, over that backwards where, you know, you've tried, you can't make any mistake, you can't leave them out, you know, for too long or, you know, put them on your desk and turn your back because you're working on something else because Red, you know, walks up and, you know, they're on the edge of your desk or whatever and he's pulled them as he's walked by and stolen them again. And some people really are that far gone. Um, you know, it's not just an annoyance. There's something that's gone very, very wrong. And in some, you know, and when we get to those levels of dysfunction, you know, sometimes those things, they're not annoying just because the ego become like warning signs when people really don't get it. And they really don't get it to such a severe level because you don't know the other things that they're doing. So it's not just that they're stealing from one person, but if it's acceptable to the level where somebody's um, literally stealing your headphones off your desk and it's the fifth time, we do start getting into you need to have a conversation with human resources. Um, so what if you're friends with somebody who's like that? Again, you do have um, the right to protect yourself and to say no. And this is really severe codependency. Now, when people don't understand that or they don't want to understand that, and that's very common as well. So people will back these things up. Um, you know, you should just understand that Red keeps stealing your headphones. People will back those up because they have that much codependency themselves. They'll back it up because they have that much codependency, but you don't understand that yet because they look like they're doing a lot better. They look like they're more interdependent than you, um, but they're not. Um, and you'll get that because people, like, don't understand, don't want to understand. They're still working their own stuff out, and they think it makes them look important or they're just lashing out because they don't like you. Um, and you'll get that with people who have a lower status in the office, somebody with a, a higher status. You know, again, they're good-looking. You know, they work out. Um, they have the clothes, those sorts of things. Um, and you don't. They can, like, really, really dig into you. Um, <clears throat> And, you know, sort of like be, well, you should just understand it's not that big of a deal. You know, just keep them in your purse. Um, but that is still codependency, even if, you know, you or other people don't recognize that um, yet. Because whatever the status is of somebody, and again, yes, some people who have very low status also pull a lot of stuff, um, which is something to be um, aware of. Not all. Some are trying really hard, but some, you know, really... Um, or letting stuff hit the fan, um, in a lot of cases, like, you know, if somebody's showing up and they're doing their work, they're not taking it out on, ever, on anybody, um, they're behaving, they may still have a lot of stuff to work out emotionally, but they're not taking other things out on people at the office. They do have a right, whatever somebody else thinks about them, they do have the right to protect themselves and to protect their property, including, yes, their headphones. Um, or whatever it is, you know, if I saw a bill laying on, on their office desk, whatever it is, they have a right to protect that and they have a right to, for other people um, who own the business or who, or who are in human resources to take a stand and say that's not acceptable and something um, can and should be done because that level of codependency is unacceptable regardless of um, <clears throat> what's been happening before. Um, whatever's happened to the person before. So why is this still acceptable? Because it causes problems. And this is really important to understand because when um, those things aren't guarded against, again, you've got somebody who's, you know, they're responsible, they got the headphones there, but people are picking on them, they're lashing out at them because they don't have their headphones. They're being called irresponsible for not having their headphones because they didn't magically pr um, predict 
when the next time somebody is going to be stealing off them, especially, you know, if it happened once and, you know, they didn't know that it was going to be happening and they ha- and it happened again, like, okay, once maybe as a mistake, um, <clears throat> you get people who get so ground down on, you know, you should be quote unquote responsible for your life that there's, there starts to become non-reality about it. So it, are you responsible for your life? Yes. And some people in codependency will use what I just said to sort of like go twist this. Just, I'm not somebody else's fault. And those people, that's not true. Um, but it's a codependent factor where codependency people, there's a very strong tendency to keep getting out of being responsible um, in some area. And the, the person that gets screwed over the most is a person that's doing that. That's really important to understand. Um, <clears throat> but when we are talking about, you know, reasonable expectations, that you're having to um, hide, lock up, you, there's no, you know, you're having to be um, sort of like hyper-vigilant to the point where you can't even leave your own headphones out on your own desk because somebody else is going to steal them. And yes, it does happen to that degree. Um, we start to bend over too much and there's too much accommodation for codependency and that's really important to understand and people who have those issues to that degree unless somebody's specifically there to work with somebody um, at those levels and teach people who are at those levels that's not going to be appropriate to have somebody like that um, working in certain offices now will some people you know and and does that mean you know it's always going to be an excuse to be fired again some places are just so codependent and they are um, accommodating such dysfunction to a degree that it's really not going to make sense for you to work there. Um, and those people will, you know, often get mad. Oh, you know, <clears throat> nobody wants to work. Well, people tend to want to work in healthier environments. They don't necessarily want to cooperate in a healthier environment, but they tend to want to work in one. So the, the people that are more likely to uh, want to work in an environment that 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 is at that level is going to be people that are at that level. And so what will happen is, you know, you'll get people who don't want to clean it up. They'll, they'll keep defending the codependency. And there's a lot of pain and suffering in that work environment. People are torturing them. Sometimes it can blow up a business um, because there's too much hassle. I have seen people with a lot of codependency that you're going to want to stay away from. They've been very successful in business for as far as they can make it last. And then they tend to blow up their businesses. Um, so sometimes it looks, you know, good from an outside point of view, but my experience is that even when, I mean, cause you never know, like maybe somebody's pulled it off, um, or sometimes, you know, there's caring, somebody looks like they're very caring. Um, from my perspective, every time I've seen that, I'm like, okay, well, maybe they have learned how to pull it off. Um, I always hear the deeper story, and I've yet to hear a place where somebody's been, you know, very, very codependent. There's been a lot of very, a lot of, like, very strong codependency in, um, somebody's family unit and somebody's business, I've yet to actually see where they've actually successfully pulled it off. Um, in fact, the universe has been very, very nice at showing me um, that when it looks like they're pulling it off, oh, I find out later they've actually blown up their community in some form or another or caused a lot of drama, a lot of stress. Why? Because codependency is just plain hard. It's where the suffering is. And if we let go of all of the codependency and, you know, backing up codependency and working on being responsible, um, you know, people do come out of pain and suffering. Now, some people don't want to understand that, but it just means that there's more growth. So when there's, so there is pain as part of this plane. Yes, that is there um, in terms of death 
in terms of, you know, you get attached to things and things don't work out the way that you want. Um, You know, old age happens, you know, again, that's death. People pass away. Sometimes people pass away from sickness. So there are certain things that we can control to a certain degree, but not completely and absolutely, or we had to pretty much be, you know, really, really good at something right in the very beginning in order to avoid pain. And that's not really reasonable um, to have that expectation, although in codependency, in work, codependency, um, people think that's possible, you know. You have cancer. Well, you shouldn't have eaten this and this and this. Okay, well, I was a child when that started. Um, You know, and you're straight and you're being fed Chef Boyardee. You know, you don't know that's bad for you. You just know that's what mommy and daddy are feeding you. Um, Well, you should have known. You know, when you were older, well, it takes time to figure out that knowledge. And you're 17, you know, you're still under mommy and daddy's influence. So while, yeah, you still can know certain things are healthier than not, um, they still taste good and you're still having to go get over addiction. And you don't understand about changing your taste buds over yet. Why? Because you're 17 um, or 15 or 12. Um, you know, so codependency really gets really interesting in the way that they sort of are woke enlightenment which is really not enlightenment um but that woke stuff you know really unreasonable expectations um and toxic you know and abusive in some cases so when you're doing you know out there in these environments and these sorts of things are happening um it is important to understand that you do have a right to defend these things and no they're not always ego and that's really important to understand well if you didn't have an ego you'd be okay with getting yelled and screamed at and torn down because somebody stole your earbuds and you're getting blamed for something else you did you know for something that somebody else did you're getting blamed that's your ego that's not your ego uh, and Ram Dass actually talks about that where somebody was trying to rip him off and he wouldn't let the guy rip him off he said I can't afford the karma that comes with being ripped off um, <clears throat> And does that happen? Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes you can feel when somebody's, you know, pulling something on you. And if you're not taking a stand and saying no, um, and you're giving into it, sometimes there can be a very dirty energy that comes out of you when you're doing that, which is the darndest thing. Um, So are there times when that goes wrong? Yes. When does that go wrong? So in codependency, um, and I'm seeing this a lot right now, um, people see, there seems to be a time period right now, I think it's... um, astrologically in terms of like what's coming up in terms of the planetary alignments um there are a lot of people out there right now really hardcore playing the victim um and saying things like you know well you have to call somebody on their stuff um is that true you got to really be careful with that because in codependency people always think they're being careful about it and those are the people that are lashing out at you because they've done something wrong but they think they're calling you on your stuff or they're calling you on your stuff but it's a minor mistake you know, you forgot the mushrooms at the store, um, so did they, but you forgot them when you agreed to pick them up, even though they just went shopping, they forgot to pick up the mushrooms, um, you know, you forgot to pick them up too, and they're like railing into you that you forgot the mushrooms, even though they're making the dish, they were responsible for getting it in the first place, they made the same error that you did, but if you have somebody in codependency, they're really, you know, raging in your face because you forgot the mushrooms, so you're the problem. You know, not that they were responsible for their dish in the first place and it was their responsibility to, you know, buy the proper ingredients. Or, you know, maybe you didn't, at a lesser level, maybe you didn't even see the text um, and somebody's raging at you because 
you didn't look at your texts or, you know, you just had it home because you didn't think there was an emergency, you're tired, you're exhausted, you just throw your phone in and they're, you know, mad at you because you didn't check your text to pick up mushrooms on the way home. But it was their responsibility to make sure that they had the ingredients in the first place to make the dish. And if they don't, then it's their responsibility to go out and get it. It is not your responsibility. It is your responsibility to check your texts, yes, but it is not your responsibility to um, <clears throat> cover for somebody else because you haven't checked your text. And it's, you know, for some people that feels very subtle, right? Like you are responsible for checking your text, but you're not responsible for checking your test to cover up your texts um, to cover up for somebody else having made a mistake. So that's really important. So in interdependency, you forget the mushrooms, you go to the grocery store. If somebody hasn't checked their text, you know, maybe they're going through something or they've, you know, had a conversation and it wasn't appropriate for them to be on their phone and they didn't, and so they didn't check their phone. Codependency is like, well, you should have checked them anyways. No, they should have been present with the people that they were, say, carpooling with. Um, and if they're carpooling, they wouldn't have had a chance to check them anyways, or they needed to get on the road to beat rush hour. And that was a choice they made. It wasn't a mistake. It was a choice that they made to get on the road to beat the rush hour traffic. And they didn't want to take the time to stop and um, check their text because that can add quite a bit of time. Um, You know, in codependency, you really get this, well, you should have checked. It's only a minute to check it, you know. So you're the problem because you didn't check your text, again, instead of them being the problem because they didn't check to make sure they had the proper ingredients or that they don't want to take responsibility and run out for the mushrooms themselves, which would be the responsible thing to do is if you're making the dish, if you don't have the ingredients, it's your responsibility to run out and get it. And if somebody hasn't responded to you in a timely manner, they're more likely to be in rush hour, then you go and get them. Codependency says, well, I didn't know you were in rush hour. That's not an excuse for not lashing out or not going to get the mushrooms. So wholeness you're responsible for your stuff and they're responsible for their stuff right down to literally the ingredients that go in a dish. Okay. If you're the one cooking it, if you're the one planning it. Um, So, you know, and codependency is always trying to get out of that and blaming everybody else. And, you know, that just creates a lot more pain and suffering. And unfortunately, codependency, there tends to be a lot of lying. So people say, yes, I am responsible. And they either forget or they're outright lying or they've twisted it, things around, say, yes, I'm being responsible. It's the other person's fault, even when it's not. And all that stuff creates more pain and suffering. But it usually creates the most pain and suffering for the person who's doing it, Um because they're getting rejected a lot and they don't know why, or they're blowing up situations consistently and they don't know why. Um, Or people just start to learn to pick up patterns of codependency where, you know, somebody be like, yeah, yeah, that was complete and total fucking asshole. But, oh, that's pretty, wow, that's pretty harsh or pretty powerful. What makes you say that? They forgot the fucking mushrooms. Mushrooms for what? I was making spaghetti yesterday. Yeah, I asked them to pick up mushrooms on the way home. Yeah, they didn't bring me mushrooms. Can you believe it? Um, so that's a warning sign in codependency, or that's a warning sign if you're out of codependency enough, or it can be a warning sign um, in codependency. Sometimes it's a warning sign, sometimes it's not. Sometimes people get mad about it, whatever it is. Um, but why is it a warning sign if you're out of codependency enough? Um, because people are shredding you over something that they were responsible for and you don't have control over whether somebody's choosing to be responsible for their own stuff or not. And if they're out there trying to shred you over it, again, warning sign because, again, 
you get set up. You get people against you because somebody's being irresponsible. Um, you get slandered. You get in trouble. You get people glaring you down at the office. And all the codependency says, well, you know, you should just put up with it. You know, if you're a good person, you'd understand. Or it's just your ego that you don't like having this hatred ground into you. But nobody likes having the great hatred ground into you. And the fact, um, you are programmed to some degree to learn that when these like somebody's, you know, sitting there, you know, popping off in a bunch of hatred, you are programmed to, and again, this is a person across the street that you go, ooh, you know, too much trouble, you know, to stay away, too much anger, you start to get into the danger zones. You are primed to do that just naturally as a human being, unless something is hardcore interfered with that, you are primed to stay away from people who are doing those things. Um, and again, you know, interdependency understands that, codependency not so much, and then there just tends to be a lot more pain and suffering than needs to be. It's the darndest thing, um, but some people don't want to understand that, and again, they go through the cycles again, and pain and suffering again and again and again, and in interdependency, you actually take responsibility for yourself, not just say you are. And that's the stuff that takes us out of codependency. That's the stuff that helps to take us out of pain and suffering. And when people are still in pain and suffering and saying that they're doing it, but they're still in pain and suffering, so that's not right, you know, that attitude of like, well, I am doing it. Uh Uh-huh. Nope. Still a lot of work to do. Um, So let's see here. We have uh, area code 562. You are up in the air, so just give me a moment here um, to connect. So one moment. Okay, 562, you're on the air with Almay Hoshiam Tara. Hi. I just want to get a general reading, if possible. Sure. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Yvonne from Long Beach, California. Okay, one moment here. Okay, so Yvonne, what they're saying is you are doing absolutely fabulously in terms of being able to hold that love in your heart when you're going out into different situations. And they're really proud of you in terms of how you've been able to hold on um, to your beautiful energy because they're showing me a lot of beauty in your soul. Um, But what they're saying is that they want, it's kind of like they want you to stop proving that you're a good person by putting yourself into unserving situations in order to prove that you're a good, like, person. It's to stop, like, showing it off because it's, you know, it's not that you're not allowed to let these things out. You're definitely allowed to, allowed to you know, let them out, let the beauty shine and all those sorts of things. Um, but it's not about putting yourself into um, those situations because either, you know, it's going to either eat um, away at you. It starts to pick away at the negative. It starts to pick away sometimes at your beauty. Um, you know, and sometimes people say, like, oh, that's the ego. You know, you should be able to hold it. Um, but we've also, if you start talking to other teachers, um, you hear a lot of stuff about, like, there's, um, oh, there's negative hits from people that are very um, negative. They've got a lot of problems. Um, sometimes it doesn't work because it's, it's part of the, it's part of the lesson that you're not supposed to be in those environments. Um, it's just part of the karma of doing that. Um, you know, people c- kind of come up with this idea like, oh, it's absolutely beautiful. If you're absolutely beautiful, you should be able to hold it in every environment and every single person would change. Um, and that's not true. And sometimes people break through that because there's a lot of there's a lot of choice in how people behave. And they've even said, like, you can put 
um, a pickpocket in front of a saint, and all they're going to see is a pocket because they don't recognize the energy enough. And sometimes putting that beauty, well, it will draw people in. Um, it can still draw in the pickpocket. Maybe they're, you know, seeing the beauty, but they're still going to pick your pockets um, because they're going to understand those patterns more. Um, and so they're just saying, like, they want you to um, take things to the next level by practicing, you know, when you have that beauty in your heart, when you have that good soul thing happening on, when you have that beauty flowing through your energy, they want you to actually learn how to hold it in a space where other people are also going to be that beautiful, where they're also able to do those things and learn how to be in um, – and relationship and interaction with other people because they're saying what happens is, you know, you have the beauty, but you're more comfortable sort of going to people that aren't going to be as beneficial for you um, and showing them your beauty as opposed to being willing to have your beauty seen by people that um, maybe are going to be able to pick up other things in your energy field or other patterns. Um, and that's not going to be as, as beneficial for you. So the way that you strengthen, like, that beauty in your heart is you start to be comfortable with it with around um, – you, you become more comfortable with it around other people who are also doing those things. And like, that's the next step to really get solidified in it. Um, and that can help – um, take down some of the picking that people do um, but there's also when people have had like um, when people have the habit of sort of like showing the beauty to people that you know aren't there there can often be lessons um, to a much higher degree like then to the next level the next part of the unfolding by hanging out with people who also have a lot of beauty and that's what they're asking you to do right now oh okay okay thank you you're welcome is there anything else i can help you with no that's it thank you so much you're welcome okay bye-bye okay bye-bye okay so let's see here we have um, oh, Nancy, we got Nancy. So two questions. So she asked, now that she's moved to Oklahoma City, do I see her joining any groups or meeting any like-minded people in the future? And do I see her staying here for the next couple of years? So one moment here, Nancy. Okay, so um, Nancy, so it was, um, we talked about that um, a while ago. So the Oklahoma was that it was going to be about you and teaching children and about helping nurture the kids in that environment when they are coming around you um and it was going to be a bit more guidance for the kids as opposed to actually being able to get along with the other people um and it was the children that were going to be helping to change the adults um through the growth process you were supposed to be a catalyst um for it through the children as opposed to you being able to affect the adults and it wasn't really a strong um setting for you meeting any like-minded people um let's see here if we uh so it does seem like there's um hold on here one moment
Jeffrey, one moment. I don't even know how to explain this. Um, <clears throat> so we're seeing a little bit more than we saw um, originally, which is good about, you know, the quality um, of some of the people that you're going to be getting. But, I mean, equal to you, no. Um, <clears throat> I do see some people that you would be able to kind of, like, hang out with, but it's always going to be emptier because they're not, there so it's again just like wow these are really cool flowers okay you know and you're going to leave them in the grocery store and you're going to go home it's you know it's kind of like that vibe it's like well not that vibe but it's kind of hard to explain um it's just like seeing really beautiful flowers in the grocery store and that's kind of like what your energy is going to be it's like well I mean, people can go in and enjoy the flowers, but I mean, as soon as you leave the store, you're not really like, wow, you know, those flowers really lit me up for the whole day because I saw them in a grocery store. Um, Because it's not going to have, you're not going to have an effect on the adults um, as much as some people would have by bringing flowers home. And again, this is better than we saw before. Um, but it's really about being with the children and staying there for the next couple of years. Um, I actually see for seven years. So you can actually stay there for quite a while. Um, Let's see here. Yeah, and if I can throw in a third one there... um, you know, we talked about some of the concerns about, you know, staying there versus um, <clears throat> going back into, um, you know, people who are going to be able to hold your space more. Um, hold on here. Just a sec. So... It does look like these are. This is one of the things where it, you know it. It can. Oh, um, I don't know how to put this. Um, sorry, I'm just trying to figure out how to put this without um, creating next life effects. Um, hold on here. Okay, so. Oh, one moment here. Oh, boy, Nancy, this one's a hard one, honey. Hold on. Yeah, I can't tell you when I'm trying to go in there and trying to explain it. They just cut me off. Um, It's just not the best idea to stay there for seven years, and that's... um, yeah, even that, even telling you that, they're sort of like cutting me off. Um, watch out for next life effects if you choose to stay. Um, I think that's probably the best way that I can put it. Um, dang it, they cut me off. Let's see here, hold on. Yeah, and that's all I'm allowed to tell you. I'm getting very clear, like, nope, we're cutting you off, and it's like, <laughs> 
It's like literally, you know, that empty space where you're like, hello, is anybody home? I'm like standing here, um, you know, flapping your arms in like the white room, right? And like nothing is going on. And they're like, I will put you there if you give her any more information. I'm like, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, just be careful for next life sex if you choose to stay there, honey. Um, I'm assuming you're going to know what I mean, um, but I can't tell you any more than that. So I'm sorry, Nancy, I got to kind of cut it here because it's, yeah, it's a tricky one. So there's a lot more at stake here than just, okay, shut up. Oh, okay. Um, so yes, but thank you. And I'm looking forward to hearing from you again. <laughs> See, just to be very clear, um, I just can't get into this part a whole lot more. Um, but thank you for writing in again. Always lovely, lovely, lovely to hear from you. And thank you for that. So now I get to go hook back up and see if they're going to let me. Okay. Now I'm back. Um, So uh, let's see here. So Michelle in Toronto wants a general spirit message about her current career path. So one moment here, Michelle in Toronto. So, Michelle, what they're saying is basically if you are in your heart more, you would start um, to be able to pick up um, the places that things aren't going so right for you, Um, the things that really aren't working um, for you, but because you are, you know, very excellent at kind of being, you know, the cool chick, um, who, you know, is really, you know, you're doing kind of awesome. And um, you're, I don't know about the awesome part, but it's like you kind of got like sort of like that cool girl vibe, you know, where it's like, yeah, everything's great, you know, and it's like I'm just kind of ignoring things because, you know, it's all good, it's all fine. And, you know, she's really not being present with what is. So you're you're basically missing some things. And when I'm trying to get you into your heart more, um, there's a lot of resistance to it because then you're going to have to face some things that you're not wanting to look at. Um, and they're really saying, like, this is really important. And I say that it's a really tough one for you. But they're saying, like, it's incredibly important because you're really missing um, a lot of messages that you can and would be getting, should be getting, if you are being more open and actually being present to what is, even though it's painful for you you'd be picking up on the things that really aren't working for you. Um, because you're really good at sort of, you know, you're, you're really good at that cool girl vibe, you know, the, the like sort of like glazing things over because everything's good. You know, you've got a sense of humor. Um, you're cool. You get it. Um, but the problem with that is a self-defense mechanism Um people who do that tend to miss a lot of information because it's so painful for them to sort of like come out of it. Um, They end up missing a lot of information. And this is why sometimes you'll get like, you know, two really cool people and they're in a relationship and they get married. And then, you know, two years later they're in a divorce and it's a really nasty divorce. And they're like, who was that person that I married? You know, how dare they act like this? Because they knew very little about each other. 
um, because neither one of them was really, you know, they were both cool people where they were sort of like glazing over um, what actually is in order to get along or, you know, cool people, you don't make a big deal about things. You just, you know, you're cool. You, um, <clears throat> you know, it's not a big deal. Like, oh my God, you know, you just got the vibe. Um, and they can do it so much. And because they're doing it so much, you get two people come together to do that. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that they tend to be covering up um, in relationship, a lot of things that they're not addressing. And then it comes up in the divorce and they're, you know, both completely and absolutely dumbfounded that this person could possibly be like this. Um, but they're missing those things because since they're doing it, they're not picking up that the other person is doing it as well. So you get two really cool people who are ignoring a lot of things who aren't picking up things from each other, then things blow up. Whereas if you had somebody who is more present in heart space, you'd know that they're just not being truthful. They're sort of glazing things over because that's what you do when you're cool. Um, because it's like a certain look to it, you know, or they think it's a certain look energetically. Um, but it really covers up a lot of lies or things that are not being dressed, not working properly, those sorts of things. Um, so it really causes a lot more pain and hardship than it would be if you were actually being present, you know, not worried about having the vibe sort of thing. Um, and from that, I can understand why it would be challenging for you to do that. Um, because there are definitely things that you're going to have to face about what things are not working. The bright side to it is when you are having that issue or those issues that you are now facing, you know what the problems actually are and then you're going to be able to address them. So that's the strength of it, but you've got to be willing to open up and actually taking a look at it. And that seems like it's going to be a very painful process for you. Um, again, you know, while it can be a little bit of an ego hit in the beginning, it usually makes it easier long term because then you can take yourself out of that. It's a lot harder to glaze things over and live a life where things are glazed over and you're unsatisfied, but you don't know why, or things aren't working for you, you don't know why, or you can't seem to get cooperation, or things aren't working, or you're not feeling the impact of it because you're too busy glazing things over, so you're not actually feeling impact, um, which can seem like a self-defense mechanism when things are going wrong. Um, but it means that you're not picking up on the things that are wrong. And it can also mean that when things are actually there, because you're so busy glazing things over, you're not allowing yourself to feel you're going to miss things that are going to light you up in excitement as well. You're going to miss things that actually make you feel good, that, you know, really light up your heart space, that really feed and nourish your soul. You're going to be missing all those things as well. Um, so you're really being called to go into that process where you're opening your heart um, and I'd love to tell you it's going to be fine, you know, it's going to feel great. Um, but it's a process that everybody has to go through when we're coming back into feeling and noticing. Um, but really the best thing for you overall. It's like, you know, I mean, you should know, like, somebody ignoring their weight or, you know, ignoring the books. You, you see the side effects of what happens when people are doing that and things explode. Um, I'm hoping to at least some degree. I'm seeing there's a lot of glaze over in, ter in terms of seeing side effects. Um, but this is, you know, when things go drastically wrong, that's part of the reason why it goes wrong is people just don't look at things to such a degree um, that it causes problems. So I really wish you the best of luck. Uh, really good thing to get coaching on uh, and good luck. So let's see. And we've got, oh, we're at the top of the hour here. So thank you so much, everybody, for writing in and for calling in. Again, my name is Elmay Hoshimtara. I'm here every single week, 3 p.m. PST, New York and Chicago. That is your rush hour. And from people, everybody all around the world, you can go to our website. That's newsforthesoul.com. We have a lot of lovely people on there. Again, my name is L. 
Maya Hoshantara, you can just look up L Tara, so E L L E, she in French, uh, Tara, T A R A, and you can just find my name and my contact information there, or you can go to my website, that's enlightenmentinthecity.com. So, again, thank you so much, everybody, for being here, for listening to the show. We have somebody else coming up um, next, so hold on tight and keep listening. So, thank you so much, everybody. I love you. Take care of yourself. Have a great day. Bye bye. Hear all of our previously aired broadcasts of News for the Soul online at newsforthesoul.com. Now let's get back to the show.